Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. going to be Roman, oh sorry, Joshua chapter 1 and begin reading in verse 1. We're going to read the first five verses. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates or the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If there is a book in the Bible that has meant more to us in the journey of our church than any other, it has got to be the book of Joshua. In fact, it was when I was just young, maybe like 20, 19 years old, when first this book really came alive for me. And about the age of 21, I actually wrote my own chapter by chapter commentary on the book of Joshua. This book, I guess, would be my anthem. And I think for our church has been a very, very key part of our journey. When we arrived here in Wellington 15 odd years ago in a city that had never had a church with over a thousand members in it, in a time when it was referred to in our nation as a preacher's graveyard and God called us, uh, not just Julian and I, but a whole team of people and now you're part of that journey too, to begin a new church that was going to, we believe, not just hang around in the wilderness, but one that would be a Jordan crossing, promised land possessing, making God famous in the middle of our generation kind of church. And we've been about that journey for many, many years. In fact, these five verses I've read out to you tonight, I preached on these five verses in 2005, I'm not kidding, for about 15 consecutive weeks. They have meant a lot to us in our journey as God is literally saying to Joshua and saying to Israel, I don't want you to hang around in the wilderness any longer. I don't want you to just hang out in a safe and familiar environment where everybody feels comfortable. I want you stepping beyond where you've ever been before. I want you to go somewhere new. And I don't know how young you are or how old you are in this auditorium tonight, but I came here to tell you that if God has still got breath in you, then God has got greater things for you. If you believe it, shout amen. God doesn't want His people just hanging around singing Kumbaya and giving God thanks that they've got their daily bread. He wants you and I taking steps of faith. There are too many Christians that just want to hang around in the wilderness. God provides, God's good. We get to enjoy church, enjoy moments together. And God says, no, I want you to possess the promises that I have got for you. I want you to trade your safety for opportunity. I want you to let go of the familiar and grab a hold of the future. I want you to decide that you're not playing it safe, but that you'll take steps of faith and risk so that God can do something great through your life. 
And I believe pulsating in the heart of every person in this auditorium is a dream to be used by God. I believe that every person in this auditorium believes deep within them somewhere that you're on this planet for a reason. Am I talking to anybody? And if you and I are gonna walk out that promise that God's got for us, then we are gonna have to be people who leave the familiarity of this wilderness. It's a picture of a life that is lived at one level. And we're gonna have to step into the promised land. It's an amazing passage and an amazing story, this book of Joshua. And when our story kicks off tonight, is literally the first five verses, the beginning pages of a new uh, era in Israel's history, and that is the era of Joshua, the new leader of the, king, of the country. And here we've got Joshua, he's just stepped up to the plate, he's beginning his journey, and God in these five verses is commissioning Joshua for what lies ahead. God is literally speaking straight into his heart, and saying, Joshua, I'm, you're my man. Joshua, get ready for what I've got. He's saying, Joshua, it's your moment and it's your hour. And I believe that the promise that God put over our church 15 years ago is that we would raise a Joshua generation, a new generation. In fact, the name of our church comes out of Psalm 78, where God talks about generations. And He says, there is a generation to come that is going to arise, that will put its trust and its confidence in God. A generation that will go further, not a faithless generation, but one bold and courageous. Hey, does anybody believe in this room tonight that you might be part of a new generation, a new part of what God is wanting to do on the earth? If you believe it, give me a loud, yeah, come on. And at the beginning of this amazing chapter, this new phase, God speaks to Joshua. These verses are God giving him instruction as he begins the chapter of his life. And I believe that no matter whether you've been serving God for a little while or for a long time, that there are many people that at this stage of your life, God is wanting you and me to enter into new stages. We're declaring the new normal over our church because I believe that God's got a new day and a new season for many people. Even over the last two weeks, our church attendance in the last two weeks has been going up by hundreds as we've opened our seventh physical location, seven being the number of the fresh beginning. And I believe that God's got a fresh beginning, fresh beginning for our church. I believe there are many people that God's got His hand upon in this auditorium, many young men and young women that God wants to use for His glory, and many who are not, long, not young so long, not that young anymore, but God's still got His hand, and a new phase for your life, and a new page that is yet to be written. So as Joshua is beginning his new phase, as Joshua is stepping out into what God's got for him, God begins to speak. We call it Joshua's commission as God begins to speak straight into his heart and instruct him about what is ahead. I wonder what we think God would say if he was to come and he was to commission you. If God was to download his plan and his purpose straight into your life, what would your expectation be? I imagine a lot of people would be saying if God was gonna come and commission my life, then he'll be saying, I've got a plan for you. Or I've got a purpose for your life. Or you're my man, or you're my woman. Maybe God would come and say, I love you, I care about you. 
Well, how amazing it is when we read our text this evening and we discover that when God began to speak to Joshua, the first thing that God spoke to in Joshua's life had nothing to do with his potential, had nothing to do with his future. God, in his opening words, didn't address where Joshua was going or even what was lying ahead, lay ahead in the days to come. No reference of a tomorrow. When God spoke to Joshua, the first five words that God said into his heart is, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Here we've got a new leader and a new day. And as a new leader begins a new day, God turns up in his life. And his opening address is not to prophesy to his future, but to speak to his past. He said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. And I came to this room tonight really with just a simple message for every person in this room. But I believe that if you would receive it, this might literally change your life tonight. As God wants you to know that every single one of us is walking a journey in our lives. And we've had good days and we've had bad days. We've come to this moment in our lives. But no matter what has lied behind you, God wants you to know that Moses, my servant, is dead. Your past is dead. Your sin is dead. Your failure is dead. Whatever lies in the days that have been behind you, that shame, that embarrassment, that feeling like you can never rise above, God wants you to know that Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, friends, note the next two words of God to Moses, to Joshua, sorry. He speaks and he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And the next two words he says are literally, now, then. In other words, God uses five words to speak to his yesterday. The next word is to his today. And the seventh word is to his tomorrow. He said, Moses, my servant is dead now, present, then, future. Man, God's got a future for you and God is alive in your present. But friend, I want you to know that there's only one way that you and I get to step into the then that God's got for us or even to live fully alive in our now. And that's when you and I begin to understand that Moses, my servant, are you with me tonight? Is dead. There are things in our lives that we can cart around, carry around, hang on to for too long, and they only have the power to stop us from pursuing what God has got for us. Friends, I've met too many Christians, too many Christians that are like what I like to call waiting room Christians, waiting around for things to be solved, waiting around for problems to be fixed, waiting around for wrongs to be righted. And God just comes to our lives tonight. And this is literally what He says, Moses, my servant is dead. The past is gone. The old is gone. The new has come. God's not the God of your yesterday. He's the God of your tomorrow. He doesn't want you and I living, waiting for yesterday to somehow come back to us. Many Christians are hoping for that. I've met Christians who are praying for that. Their picture of what God should do and will do in the future is trying to hold up before God a picture of what He did a long time ago. And I want you to know that God's mercies are new every morning. He's got a new plan. He's got a new purpose. God is moving on the earth. 
But he's not revisiting the old. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. He's dead. Man, friend, I came here tonight to tell you this because I believe that the greatest danger that a Christian can potentially have in their lives is to try and just hang on to what was. It's to try and just cling to what was, what was in our past. To try and live too long in the moments of our yesterday instead of starting to realize that Moses, my servant, is dead. See, God wants you to know that He's got a purpose for your life. That your days of waiting are over. That the moment of hoping that things are going to be put right in your life need to come to a close. It is time for you and I to move forward in what God's got. Moses, my servant. See, the challenge for Joshua is that Moses, well, God buried Moses. The only person present at the funeral service of Moses was God. Literally, Moses was the friend of God. And so there was God present at his funeral service and that was it. Moses announced to Joshua, it's my time, I'm going to die. And then he just wandered off into the wilderness and he never came back. And really, Moses, it's kind of like he never died, you know what I'm saying? And so Joshua, Joshua, when our passage of Scripture is written, is at the edge of the Jordan River. God has been waiting for one whole generation to pass. For 40 years, they've been circling back, coming to this moment, preparing for this time. There are times when God's been getting ready for a long time, wanting to do something suddenly. God moves slowly to then move fast. And sometimes in our lives, God can be working on things and getting ready for steps and orchestrating things in the background. And then suddenly the time comes when the opportunity is ours, where God begins to truly move quickly. I believe that our church is in the middle of one of those phases right now. I believe and I want to speak it out tonight that there are leaders that are suddenly just going to emerge into new levels of leadership. There are people who have had dreams in their life for a long time. And like Joshua, you've been nursing those dreams and carrying those dreams. But God wants you to know tonight, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, it's your moment now and it's your moment then that God, God works to get ready for the suddenly. They've been working, they've been getting ready, they've been preparing for this moment. And here they come to the edge of the Jordan. And then Moses just walks away and he's gone. And Joshua is stuck there because really, when you think about it, Joshua, he, he's stuck in the middle because he's got one eye forward. For 40 years, Joshua's been waiting for this. For 14 years, 40 years, Joshua's been saying, one day my time's gonna come. One day my moment's going to arrive. One day they're going to give me the microphone. One day they're going to let me step up. One day I'm going to be free to pursue my dreams. And even though that moment has come, he's got one eye on the future and he's got one eye on the past. Because Joshua's thinking to himself, he's thinking, I know God's promises are for me, but is, jo is Moses going to come back to me? And I reckon there are a lot of people just like that, that God's got His hand on your life. God's got His hand on our future. God's got His hand on your tomorrow. But too often in our lives, 
we're standing with one eye in the future and one eye in the past. What we're doing is we're believing that God's going to take us forward, but we're also waiting for something to get cleaned up from a moment that we've already lived. Waiting for somebody to apologize. Waiting for a wrong to get put right. I've met people who are waiting for someone who's ripped them off financially to give them the money back. People can be waiting for somebody to clear up the reputation, to, to put right the wrong. Someone to finally say apologize to something for something that they did and have yet to put right in their lives. And God is literally saying, Moses, Joshua, sorry. He's saying, Joshua, I don't want you living with one eye on the future and one eye on the past. I want you living with two eyes on the future. And my friend, I believe that God wants you exactly the same way. God comes to our lives and He speaks to us and He says, let go of your hurts. Get rid of that disappointment. Stop waiting for that person to apologize. Don't give a rip about whether they repay the money. God's got more opportunities in your future than you will ever know. And God doesn't want you and He doesn't want me waiting for somebody from our past to put something right before we move forward. He literally comes to us and He says, Moses is dead. Get two eyes on the future. I'm telling you what tonight, there are so many opportunities ahead of you. God's got great dreams that are still ahead. There are wonderful things around the corner for your life. You're gonna walk into great blessing. God's gonna open up supernatural doors. These are the days of the favour of the Lord. Do you believe it? God is literally the God of tomorrow. He is the God of new blessings. But He literally speaks to us. And He says, would you forget about it? Would you let go? Moses, my servant, is dead. Listen, God had the funeral service, but He comes to you tonight and He says, would you bury what you've been clinging to? Moses, my servant, is dead. Forget about that thing and move forward with the things. God doesn't want you and I to hang around with the dead things. He wants you and I in the land of the living. Get two eyes on the future. Get our lives off pause. Move forward into what God's got. See, the second problem that Joshua was having is that Moses is familiar to Joshua. See, one of the great challenges about moving into what God's got for us in our lives is that it's never going to be the comfortable, familiar thing that we've always known. If anybody wants to move forward and do something great for God, then my friend, one of the things you're gonna have to do is get busy faking it till you make it. Walking into a place that is totally outside of your comfort zone and faking like you're familiar with the place that you're in. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? But if you want to exclude yourself from God's plan, if you want everything to just be a wilderness life and a safe life, then demand that all the familiar things stay familiar to you. And Joshua was so familiar with Moses. Moses was the guy literally that had caused him to come out of slavery, lifted up his staff, set Israel free. Moses was the leader that introduced Joshua to the presence of God. Moses was the guy that took Joshua with him up the top of Mount Sinai when Moses received the Ten Commandments. Moses would hold his staff high and Joshua would know victory in battle. As long as Moses was there, Joshua was always successful. Moses had become, sorry, Joshua had become dependent upon Moses. In fact, when Joshua writes the autobiography of his own life, 
He begins in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, by saying, Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. That's how devoted Joshua was to Moses. And Joshua is thinking to himself, Moses is all I've ever known. Moses is all I've ever had. Moses is what is comfortable to me in my life, what is familiar to me in my life. And God is literally having to come to Joshua. And listen, I believe that it's not just Joshua. I believe there are many people in this auditorium that have things in their world that are familiar to them. Friends and relationships and people and things that we've clung to. Suddenly we find ourselves in a place where God's getting ready to unsettle you and to move you forward. And often at the time that God moves you forward, the familiar things seem to drop away. And we get to a point where we're thinking, man, maybe God wants you to move to Carpety. Maybe God wants you to step out of the boat and begin a life group. Maybe God sends you to Wellington and you find yourself in a university hostel. And some familiar family environments are gone. Some home comforts are no longer there. Some things that you've walked with in your journey aren't present anymore. And you can find yourself thinking, where are these things that gave me such comfort? And can I be confident? You can walk into a new chapter of your life and still be longing for the one that you are in. Is this not true? You can be walking into the new thing that God's got for you, yet waiting for the thing that you had yesterday to resurface because it feels like home. And God literally says to Joshua, and He says to you, and He says to me, He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Are you with me tonight? He literally says it is time for us to no longer cling to what was in the familiar of our lives. We cannot be apprehensive about stepping out. We can't say, I want Moses back. We have to want what God has for us more than we want the familiarity of what we've been in. We may have lost what is familiar, but God is the God of the future. Literally, God said to Moses, Moses is dead now then. In other words, it may look different now, but God is the same. You might be living in a new day, but God is with you in the new things. You might have gone further than you've ever been, but you're still following the same God. You might find yourself outside of your comfort zone, but you're right in your God zone. You might be living in your tomorrow, but that's right where God wants to meet you. And He's saying to you and He's saying to me, don't worry about the sense of unfamiliar. Get over the shock factor. Is anybody ready to break free from the things that have held you? Anybody willing to trade the familiar for the future? Anybody ready to get out of the box and pursue what God's got for them? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a wilderness wandering, promised land looking person. I want to be a God seeker, a promise pursuer. I want to be a Jordan crossing, giant conquering, walls of Jericho tearing down kind of person. I believe that God's got a great plan for His church. And if you believe it, shout it out, Amen. Take a break and give God some praise all over this auditorium. Come on. Moses is dead, Moses is dead, Moses is dead. But listen, sometimes you have to let go of the familiar and sometimes you have to let go of the past simply so that you can be free enough to get into what God's got. Sometimes you gotta shake off what's comfortable in order to pursue what God's got for you. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna live my life in a comfortable, familiar environment at the expense of the fullness of what God has got. 
How about you and I stop looking for comfort and we stop looking for influence? How about we start believing that God's promises are for us? Come on, if you believe it one more time, give God some praise in this room this evening. See, the third thing, the first one is, is that Moses represented now the past. The second thing is that Moses is familiar. But here's the third one, and it's going to collide with some people tonight, and that Moses had sinned. See, the great challenge to going forward into what God had for Israel was Moses' sin. There was this place, and it's called, if you look in the Bible, you'll see it referenced a few times. And if you're new to the Bible, just keep reading and you'll come across it. But there's this phrase called the waters of Meribah. The waters of Meribah. And basically, Israel comes up out of Egypt, and a short time later, they're in the wilderness, and they ran out of water. So God said to Moses, He said, I want you to strike the waters. So Moses struck the rocks. Oh, sorry, he said, to, he said to Moses, I want you to strike the rock and water will come from the rock. So Moses struck the rock, struck the rock, and water came from it. Water came from the rock and Israel drank. And then a while later, in fact, after they'd sent the spies out into the land of Canaan, so a long time later, the Bible tells us that Israel again ran out of water. And everybody's whinging and moaning and griping and complaining. And Moses goes absolutely loco. God speaks into his heart. And God said, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. But Moses didn't want to speak to the rock. He wanted to strike the rock. He wanted to make an example. Now, the thing that Moses didn't quite understand is that 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that the rock that accompanied them in the wilderness, and we're going into crazy theology for a second, but it's accurate, that the rock that accompanied them in the Old Testament was Jesus, was Christ. And Jesus could only be struck once, and they put a spear through his side, and from his side came water and blood. And here we've got Moses, and he wants to strike the rock a second time. And in so doing, he's trying to take more from Christ than Christ needed to give for the world. Jesus only had to die once. He does not need to die again. His sacrifice is once and for all. And literally, Moses, in a fit of rage, strikes the rock. And so God says to Moses, because you did that, you will never enter my promises. Now listen, the truth is, and can I just go crazy with my theology for just a second as well, just kind of freak you out just a little bit more. The truth is, the truth is that Moses could never have led them into the promised land. I'll tell you why. Because Romans, sorry, John chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. And if you want a life in God's promises, then laws won't get you there. Only grace will get you into the promises of God. Only grace will take you all the way. So Moses can lead you to the edge. And Moses, the law put Jesus on the cross. But if you want to enter the promises that God's got for you, you need to move from Moses to Jesus. Are you with me? Can I take it one step further? The name Jesus in the Greek is the same word Joshua in the Hebrew. 
The Lord is Savior is the name of Joshua. In fact, it's the second name of Joshua. Joshua's first name was Hoshea. Moses changed it to Joshua. Joshua became the name Jesus. And I want you to know, my friend, that you might have sin in your past. And every time you get to the edge of stepping into what God's got for you, I can tell you what comes up in your mind because it's come up in mine. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're getting the edge. Someone says, it's your moment and you're but What about that sin? And it pulls you back because Moses will pull you back. But I want you to know that Jesus died on a cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, He paid the perfect sacrifice for every sin, every, every fault, every failure, every shortcoming, everything in your life that would ever disqualify you from what God's got for you. And I'm here to tell you no chains can hold you. No past failure can hold you back. There's no sin in your life that is greater than the cross of Jesus. If you believe it, take a break and give God a great big praise in this room tonight. Come on. We're not living in the time of Jesus, of Moses. We're living in the time of Jesus. We're not under law, we're under grace. Sin is no longer your master. Your past can no longer limit your tomorrows. Some people in this room get the edge of God's promise and right where you get there, that sin starts to scream at you. That fault from your past starts to come alive in your mind. But God brought you to this auditorium tonight so that you could know Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Your past is gone. Your sin is removed. See, friends, the problem with you and me is that there are two things in our lives. There is an accuser and there is an intercessor. And in our lives, we're normally uh, more comfortable of thinking of God or any deity as really being that figure up in the sky who forms the picture of a judge who's waiting over our lives to pronounce sentence for the rights and for the wrongs. Don't get me wrong, there comes a day of judgment for every single person. Of that we are correct. But when we come to the moments when God is wanting to move in our lives or take us forward in our lives or open up His plan and purpose, so often we get to that point and suddenly, sin starts screaming, the fault starts echoing, the problem starts to scream aloud in the mind. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I can't because, I can't because this moment, that fault, that failure. Well, I want you to know that the greatest deception perhaps on the face of the planet is that it is God that brings your sins to mind when God is trying to use you. God is not your accuser. The Bible says that the accuser of the brethren will be cast down, but God is not the one holding your past over you. God is the one who wants to remove your past and take it from you. Jesus is not your accuser, He's your intercessor. Jesus stands in the gap between where you find yourself tonight and where God wants you to go. God's not, Jesus is not trying to pull you back to the moment of your failure and the moment of your shame. 
God turned up to Joshua and I believe He's turning up to you. And in this room, He's saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Your sin is gone. You know when God forgives your sin, He removes it from you as far as the east is from the west. That God literally throws it into the sea of His forgetfulness. God chooses to remember it anymore. And the Bible says that when God thinks about you, I know the thoughts I think about you, says the Lord. Thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. Thoughts to give you a future and a hope. Let's see every thought of God is that there are promises in your life ahead. And Jesus stands in the gap between my inadequacies and shortcomings and His eternal potential. He stands in the gap between where I am right now and the fullness of what God has got for me. And the devil tries to pull you back, but I'm here to tell you tonight that the devil is a liar, that those words are not founded in truth, that God wants you to be released from every prison cell, everything that ever held you back. God wants you to cross the Jordan. He wants you to step into the promises of God. He wants your life to increase, to abound. You're not restricted, you're not hemmed in. Moses is dead, Moses is dead. Your past is dead, your shame is dead. Your, your, your failure is dead. Everything from your past that would try and hold you back is just a thing that is in your past. And God's mercies are new every morning. If you believe it in this room tonight, I want you to stand to your feet and give God a loud shout of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him a real praise in this room tonight. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Shout, Moses is dead. You can do better. Moses is dead. One more time, Moses is dead. My past is dead. My shame is dead. My, 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 my past is gone. My promises are new. God's mercies are sure. I'm alive for the future. I'm dead to my yesterday. If you believe it, give God some more praise in this room tonight. John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.